You're listening to the Product Podcast from Product School, featuring the best product leaders from Silicon Valley and beyond. If you're an aspiring product manager looking for your first PM role, or an experienced PM looking to level up your skills and advance your career, visit productschool.com to learn about our certificate courses and how we'll get you there. Deep down, the best leaders are great problem solvers. Sometimes you need to solve those internal problems before you can get back to helping others. As product managers, finding solutions for our clients is what we do. So why shouldn't we use our tools and skill set to solve our own? Today, Bettina Ivancha, Peloton's VP of Product, is here to share how to put our product management skills to work to influence and really make a difference. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. With ThoughtSpot Everywhere, you can embed a highly interactive analytics experience into your data app and take your user adoption to the next level. Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com everywhere. Hi, thank you so much for that introduction. I'm so honored to be speaking at ProductCon today. My name is Bettina Ivancha. I am the VP of Product Management at Peloton. So I am a product manager who is fascinated by the intersection of hardware, software, and product teams, and how to build real things for, that impact the lives of real people. I'm currently the VP of Product Management at Peloton, focused on product strategy across Peloton's hardware and software product lines. And I've been at Peloton for about five years, helping to grow Peloton's product portfolio from the original bike to the bike Bike Plus, Tread, and digital apps. Before that, I worked in product at Noom, which builds weight loss software for mobile. So I've been focused on applications of behavior change to health and fitness for almost 10 years. Today, I lead the product strategy team at Peloton, which includes about 60 product managers, product analysts, uh, user researchers, and product documentation experts. And Peloton is a publicly traded company with 2.3 million connected fitness subscribers and a team of close to 10,000 folks. So I want to talk a little bit about how I got here. Luckily, given that Peloton is a very innovative company, I have this very fancy time machine. It's very confidential. Uh, let's use it now and we'll go back to 2016. In 2016, I also worked at Peloton. I was a product manager focused on building software features for the Peloton bike, which had been in the market for a couple of years at that point. And at the time, Peloton was a private company with a full-time team of a couple hundred folks. And I don't actually have the subscriber numbers, but it, one way to think about it is that every single time we sold a bike, every person on the team got an email. So it was few enough that that was still a thing. So you've seen 2021 Bettina and 2016 Bettina. I wanna talk about the path from 2016 to 2021. How did I get there? Luck, this presentation is over. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, okay, so this is a joke, uh, but it's also very true. The path has involved a lot of luck and a very helpful tool set. 
So I'm talking to a product management audience today. Uh, and so I want to talk about how, in addition to sort of working hard and adapting, uh, you can use the tools that are in your current tool set as a product manager to address uh, leadership challenges. So I'm actually going to go through three major moments that I encountered as a leader and some of the product management tool sets that I applied, both the expected ones and the unexpected ones. Hopefully there are some interesting ideas here for you, uh, whether you are already a people leader or you aspire to be one sometime in the future. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> what got you here can get you there, applying product management skills to leadership. I am talking as the VP of product management at Peloton and also the product manager of a team, a process and a roadmap. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, challenge one. An early challenge that you encounter as a product leader uh, managing your first direct report. This is pretty stressful because it's a new skill where you have to sort of do it all at once and learn it all at once, right? To get us going, let's play a little game. Uh, there, These are two truths and a lie. Uh, two of these things are true and one of them is a lie. I'm gonna read them out, but uh, if you're following along, you can tell me in the chat which of one, two, or three you think is, uh, is the lie. So first one is, it's better not to mention that you're a new manager so that your new direct has more confidence. The second is you should share written expectations with your new direct report even if that's awkward so that they know what uh, will be success for them. And the third is it's a good idea to interview your direct about their working style so you can adapt your management style. Okay, which one is the lie? Okay, the lie is number one about telling them that you're a new manager. So it's reasonable to be anxious about being a new manager, but Omitting the fact will only make you look like you're not being transparent, which sets you off on the wrong foot. So instead, we're going to use a skill from your product management toolset. It's about using context as your friend. As a product manager, you probably do this already without even thinking about it. If you are describing why a feature is great, when you're talking to your business development colleague, you might say, uh, let's talk about how the revenue potential of this opportunity. If you're talking to your engineering colleague, you might emphasize the qualitative and quantitative user data. And if you're talking to a current or potential customer, you talk about how it fits into the rest of their life. And you might actually say the same facts in all three of those situations. You're just modifying the way that you talk about it for your audience to be most effective. So you can use the same kind of skill here. You start with your new direct's point of view. What are they nervous about, excited about? What are they hoping for? And then you frame the truth to best address that audience. So we can do an example. Uh, a common first direct report is someone on your team who was previously your colleague. Uh, we can call our very goofy clip art friend, Greg. So let's say you have a good relationship with Greg and uh, he's excited about working on you, working with you and staying on good footing with you, which is great. But Greg might be worrying that your relationship will change for the worse as you're direct uh, or that you'll want to upend his work or micromanage him. 
So one way to approach this is to sit down with Greg and say something like, I'm so excited that we get to work together in this new way. Your work is amazing. I'm really excited to learn about it and partner with you. Maybe I can give you some feedback that's helpful. And this will be my first time managing, so I'll be learning. And I'm hoping that you'll give me lots of feedback so that I can improve quickly. And obviously, this will look different for non-clip art audiences, but you get the idea. Uh, a transparent but context-aware approach will serve you really well in most leadership situations, just like it serves you well in product management. The first truth uh, was you should share written expectations, even if that's awkward. This is an interesting one. It taps into a, a product management skill of expectation setting. You might have heard uh, the framework setting smart goals. This is one of my favorites. It's a 1980s idea by George Duran, and it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. You don't have to memorize that. Uh, it's very easy to look up. So if you haven't heard of it, it's worth a read. Uh, in general, the idea is to set goals that enable you to easily understand on a regular cadence whether you are or are not on track. You can use this in management as well, which is amazing. So you sit down at the beginning of your time with your new direct and you lay out, for example, for the first six months, what would be successful for you and for that direct. And this is amazing because it allows you to clarify your thinking and it also uh, allows your direct to make sure that they're moving in the right direction. So uh, it might feel a little bit awkward, but you will both be happier when you get to that six month milestone. And our other truth was, it's a good idea to interview your direct about their working style. This can feel a little unintuitive, especially if your goal is to project confidence as a new manager. Uh, but if you think about when you're building a new product, you would you always spend a little bit of time with the user, whether it's internal or external, understanding the context of their lives, right? And this is the same kind of principle applied to managing a person. If you understand how they prefer to work, how they work best, uh, you can modify your management style to be most effective for that person. So this can be uh, a conversation that you have that's sort of directed. It can be a template, something that I use because I'm a little bit of a nerd, but I definitely recommend transferring the skill of uh, interviewing over to management. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. Build stickier product experiences by embedding ThoughtSpot Everywhere's interactive analytics interface directly into your data app or product. No more delayed release cycles or incremental UX improvements. ThoughtSpot Everywhere's developer-friendly platform replaces static dashboards with an interactive data experience in minutes, allowing users to intuitively dig into their data and trigger actions in their favorite business apps. Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com slash everywhere. Okay, challenge number two. This is probably familiar to you as a product manager in some form. Uh, leadership wants your roadmap yesterday. 
my blood pressure honestly rises just thinking about this one. If you don't have the world's most perfect strategy, it can feel like you have two choices. The first is admit that you don't have the world's most perfect strategy and look like you are foolish and don't know how to do your job. Or you can pretend that you have the right strategy. Maybe you rush it or you don't think it through all the way and then it's not your best work. And then you don't look like you're good at your job either. So, so what do we do? Both of these options seem bad. So for this one, there's actually a meta skill. Uh, this is one of my favorite product management quotes. It's an old school one from Ben Horowitz. It reads, good product managers decompose problems and bad product managers combine all problems into one. So you heard my initial reaction, which was very much the one big problem reaction. So let's take a breath and we can try the good product manager problem decomposition path. You can break this problem up into three different pieces. Uh, the first problem is that your senior colleague is urgently concerned. So you'd like to help them in the short term. The second problem is that this is happening with urgency. How do you know about this earlier in the future so that you have time to prepare? Uh, this is more of a medium term process and relationship style problem. And the third one, which is the meat, uh, is the obvious one. I don't have a roadmap and I should, as the leader of a product team, have a roadmap. Roadmaps take time, thinking, and collaboration to put together. And so we'll call this one the long-term problem. Okay, so we can start with our short-term problem of helping your senior colleague. They're asking for a roadmap. How do we help them get what they need? So this is a, a, a very familiar sort of concept in product management, getting curious. I'm not gonna put the Ford quote about asking for a faster horse here for a lot of different reasons, but the gist is similar. We need to understand what's underlying the ask in order to understand how to solve it. So I personally would get this leader into a room ASAP and let them know that you're that I'm eager to help, uh, that I really want to understand what the underlying problem they're trying to solve is. Are they trying to make a specific decision where the roadmap is an input? What information would they need to make that decision? Or maybe they're curious or someone's asking them a question and they're hoping the roadmap will answer it. There's a lot of different reasons why they may be pressuring you for this. Um, and once you understand the problem, you can figure out an MVP solution while you work on the roadmap. So you could answer their question verbally, you could provide a slide, you could refer them to someone who knows the answer. It really depends on what you're looking at. So we solve this problem first with curiosity and a focus on the problem, and then we can move on to the others. Okay, problem number two of our decomposed problem is about lead time? How do we avoid this situation in the future? Okay, I'm sure you were expecting that one of the product management skills involved in leadership was a pinch political, and this is the one. You could probably have known about this stakeholder's need earlier if you had a stronger relationship with the stakeholder. And you probably could have avoided the emergency interview because you'd already be able to guess the context and you could have just confirmed it with them. So in the medium term, 
you can leverage your already existing product management relationship building skills to create a stronger connection with this colleague. I'm not the strongest connection builder in the biz. I have uh, colleagues who are better at it than myself, but uh, some of the tactics that I would use include uh, setting up regular meetings so you can share and ask for information, uh, getting to know this person in a casual setting, sitting down to lunch or breakfast, uh, or literally just saying that you want to get to know them better. That also sort of opens the door to a stronger connection. So this event should honestly be a wake up call that you need a closer relationship with this person. Okay, and then our third piece of the decomposed problem, the core issue, you do not actually have a roadmap. So as a product leader, one of the ways to think about yourself is as the product manager of a team, a process and a roadmap. And this is where you are the product manager of a roadmap. And one of the ways that you think about products and anything that you create is what game are we playing? And then how do we win that game? So there is not one roadmap that can apply to your organization. You need a point of view on what kind of roadmap you need to uh, work in your context. For example, uh, is your organization one where you need a lot of lead time to make decisions? Uh, this might be the case if you build hardware or heavily regulated products. Or is it an organization where being responsive to market needs and user learnings is more important? This is true in a lot of software. Interestingly, Peloton has a little bit of each of these. So we're trying to solve kind of both problems in our road mapping. Another aspect to the game is who needs to be involved, both sort of to get the right inputs to the roadmap and to get the right outputs to the roadmap. There are many, many more types of questions that you might ask uh, and think about when you're thinking about what game you're trying to win with your roadmap, but understanding your viewpoint on each of those will really help you define what kind of roadmap game you're playing, and then you can design a process, which will probably take some time in order to win that game. Okay, we got through challenge two, we're on to challenge three. Let's say that a colleague gives you negative feedback about someone on your team. Uh, we can go back to our clip art friend, Greg. Uh, let's say that Greg is regularly leaving relevant colleagues out of meetings so that he appears to be not inclusive and your lateral colleague is telling you this. This one can feel pretty hard to approach. Luckily, you have a great PM skill set around pitching your vision. In this case, you can listen to the feedback, then respond with your best defense of Greg's product management. So Greg is so thoughtful about user needs. He's great at writing detailed and accurate tickets and requirements. He's strategic, he's data-driven, and he's a great presenter as well. If you do a good job, you could be so convincing that your colleague will start to believe in Greg as much as you do at the end. Success right? Actually wrong. It turns out that there is the occasional area where, where your PM experience will push you in the wrong direction. And this is one of them. You saw yourself as pitching your teammate and supporting them, but as a leader, your colleagues are likely to see that differently. The feedback giver could perceive you as being defensive and might avoid giving you feedback again, which means you're going to miss out on information that could be really helpful to you. And should Greg hear the negative feedback through another channel, which is pretty likely, 
he'll wonder why you didn't tell him he could correct it so easily. And he'll also wonder what else you might not be telling him. Poor Greg. So what do you do? Well, in this case, you actually need a new skill that you might not have learned as a product manager, which is giving and receiving feedback. You need to understand how best to receive the feedback that your colleague is giving you uh, graciously and uh, in an action-oriented way. And you need to understand how to have the conversation with Greg uh, so that he is receptive and can understand and act on the feedback. There are a lot of frameworks for uh, for learning this skill. Radical, Radical Candor by Kim Scott is a great book that covers this, but you can use whatever framework you want. Um, I recommend practicing giving and receiving feedback before it's part of your formal role, if possible. It's something where it's actually really uh, the best way to learn is to do repetitions. That's a, an exercise reference, but uh, this it's an important part of leadership and you really could use some practice before you have to do it uh, every day. So if your company does performance reviews, uh, would recommend taking them pretty seriously, prepping for them, practice, practicing delivering and receiving the feedback face-to-face -face with your colleague. And if your company doesn't, uh, you could find a willing colleague and offer to trade feedback with them. Sometimes I will even ask for feedback on my feedback giving or my feedback receiving. Uh, I don't always get that, but uh, sometimes I learn something really critically important that helps me craft my messaging better in the future. Okay, so we've gone through three different leadership scenarios and which product management tools are most helpful for those scenarios, what I found most helpful. So here's your toolkit. Uh, the first one is to use context while being transparent. The second one is to set expectations. You should interview to understand. You should get curious about the problem. Continue to build relationships into leadership. Remember how to define the game so that you know how to win. And finally, a new skill that you can practice now uh, to practice giving and receiving feedback as early as you can. So I hope that this was helpful and gave you some ideas for how to approach leadership with your product management skills and mindset. You can have the confidence that you already have many of the tools that you need to become a great leader and manager over time. And that's it. I really enjoyed being able to talk to you today about this and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. You can learn more about me at bettinaivancha.com or about Peloton at onepeloton.com. Keep rocking the product world and take care. Thanks for listening to the Product Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Taking the time to write just a few sentences about what you love most about the show will help us improve it and reach even more product people around the world. And when you're done, why not reward yourself with some free product management content and resources over at productschool.com. Until next time, stay product-led.